Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I get my acceptance letter from the White House that I am now an intern in the summer class of 2000. So I go, I move to DC, and it's the summer. I graduate college. I'm one of the older interns because I'm finished with school. I'm 21, 22 years old, actually, at this point. It's May of 2000, 22 years old. I'm one of the older interns, and I'm at the White House, and I'm pumped. I'm wearing a suit and tie and I'm at you know the most powerful office in the whole world, and there's hundreds of us interns there, and I'm working in the Office of Presidential Scheduling for President Bill Clinton. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions, and number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So, Come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatest Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazde, and today I decided I'm going to tell you guys a deep, dark, old-school story and secret. Yes, this solo is dedicated to the moment I became an entrepreneur. Now, unlike many other stories, this story is a little bit unique in that I actually almost got fired from a job that I had at the White House in Washington, D.C. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a preface. This is my backstory. This is you learning about me as a human being, as a person, what makes me tick. And it started 22 years ago in the District of Columbia in Washington, D.C. And I was intern at the White House for the Bill Clinton administration. And that was the moment it solidified for me that I would never have a job again. So (laughs) how does one come to that conclusion? Well, let me me back up for a second. My father moved to this country from Iran in 1981. He was a serial entrepreneur. And I grew up watching him run his own businesses, do deals. He He owned gas stations. He owned real estate. and it was always this preconceived uh, understanding that 
uh, my twin brother, Mike, and I, that we were going to become entrepreneurs. And so I, I just, you know, unlike other people who maybe grew up watching their fathers have jobs, working for big corporate companies or being doctors or lawyers, maybe they even were slightly entrepreneurial. My dad was a hardcore entrepreneur. And he, he told me, my dad, he had a great accent. He talked like this. He said, Bobo, that means son or father in, in uh, Farsi. You know, he says, you do not make money selling the gas. You make money selling the gas station. So this was like one of my father's early, early um, learnings, teachings. He, he taught to young Darius when, when I was a young child. And so, but I was, um, I grew up in middle class, uh, upper middle class, and I'm Hills, California, in Orange County, California. And uh, I grew up working at my dad's gas station in the summers and watching him be an entrepreneur. And then I went to college. And when I went to college, I started with some entrepreneurial endeavors. So I, I had an inkling that I wanted to, you know, I knew I wanted to make money. That was for sure for me. And so I had some little side hustle businesses. This is back in the, the mid-90s. And I, I had my little side hustle businesses. But I was always very um, ambitious in the sense of I always wanted to do cool things. And I had this friend, her name was Preeta Shah. And she was very much into politics. She went to USC. She studied political science. She was a year older than me in high school. And in high school, I got introduced to student government. I was the junior class president of my high school. I was the vice president of my entire high school. So for me, I was involved in associated student body. And she was in student government with me. And when she graduated, she went to USC and she got into politics. And my freshman year of college, she went and, worked and did a semester in Washington, D.C., working for the White House. And for me, I thought it was super cool. She sent me a postcard and I said, oh man. I, and I remember talking to her. I said, hey, Perita, I want you to get me a job at the White House one day. And she said, all right, well, when you're ready. So fast forward, it was my junior year of college and she invited me to come out and meet her friend. And so what I didn't know is a lot of people that work at the White House, a lot of the staffers, they're just interns that don't go back to school or they graduate and they come back and work at the White House. So she had a friend whose name shall remain nameless. And he came and visited us. And he, we were in LA and we went to Dublin's on Sunset Boulevard, which was this really popular place in the 90s. A lot of like celebs and stuff would go there. And we go to, to Dublin's with her friend, myself and Perita. And we drink. We, we do what 21 and 22-year-olds do at Dublin's in the summer of 1999. We drink alcohol at Dublin's. And I'm hanging out with her friend. And I said, and all of a sudden, I see these girls. I go to UC Santa Barbara at the time, which was a, which was a school with a lot of, uh, we had a lot of fun at UC Santa Barbara. And this girl I knew walks in with all of her friends visiting from New York and New Jersey. And randomly, because I'm, I'm not in Santa Barbara, I'm in like west side of LA with my friend Perita and this name who, person whose name should remain nameless. And my, these girls come in and I'm like, oh, here's my in. I'm going to hook up this guy who's in his early 20s with the girls I know from Santa Barbara. And I'm going to, I mean, for, for lack of better words, I'm going to try to get this guy laid. <laughs> That's going to be my end. <laughs> I'm going to get him his, I'm going to get my internship at the White House by getting this guy some action. And so, you know, the girls come, I'm like, hey, again, let's call him Ron. I'm like, that's not his real name. I say, hey, Ron, meet my friend so-and-so. My friend, it was my friend Joanne. I mean, meet my friend Joanne and her friends. And they come and I'm like, hey, guys, Ron works at the White House, which is a total like, you know, you're looking like a stud if you're working at the White House and you're 24 or 23 years old. So instantly, this guy's having a good time. Now, I don't know whether he got it late or not, but I will say that I definitely made a great impression on Ron with myself. And I said at the end of that, I said, hey, Ron, you're going to get me that job at the White House? So, of course, he's like, when you, he's like, whenever you're ready, let me know. I'll, turn, I'll hand turn in your application. So 
fast forward to spring of my senior year of college, and I apply to be an intern at the White House. And of course, Ron Hand delivers my application. And within a matter of weeks, I get my acceptance letter from the White House that I am now an intern in the summer class of 2000. So I go, I move to DC. And it's the summer. I graduate college. I'm one of the older interns because I'm finished with school. I'm 21, 22 years old, actually, at this point. It's May of 2000. 22 years old. I'm one of the older interns. And I'm at the White House. And I'm pumped. I'm wearing a suit and tie. And I'm at you know the most powerful office in the whole world. And there's hundreds of us interns there. And I'm working in the Office of Presidential Scheduling for President Bill Clinton. And it was pretty cool. I mean, like, you know, you're, these are some pretty, you know, important, this is an important job. And so I get the job there. We, we have to go and we go through a whole background check and all this good stuff. And I get into my office and we are in charge of the president's schedule. So there's a couple of things when you're in charge of the president's schedule. Now, fast forward. Now, now just let me say this, though. The whole point of this story is how I became an entrepreneur. So, so this is really important that you pay attention right now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify magic your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through. But then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklyn and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I've been a Claritin D user 
for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits, and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear uses directed. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So I, I learned a few things. First of all, that the guy is a busy guy. The president of the United States is, is probably the busiest person on earth. No question. And there's a whole office of presidential scheduling. There's, a, there's an office of scheduling for the first lady as well as an office of advance. And these all, they all work in conjunction to manage the schedule and they send people off to basically get ready for the president before he gets to different locations. So let's say he's traveling away from DC, going to get lunch. The advance team will go and set that up and the scheduling team works with the advance team. And it's, it's a pretty big job. And we had two, really we had a, a couple jobs in the office of presidential scheduling. So number one, we had to hand out his schedule every day, which was pretty cool. This is, you know, this is 2000. So, you know, you're hand delivering a physical, you know, schedule to the whole White House. And number two, you are going through all the requests because the president gets tons of requests to show up to meetings and you're handling all these requests and every single request gets a response. And so (laughs) that was our job. So my favorite part of the job was I got to go to the West Wing of the White House and deliver the schedule for the day. And we got to sit in on some meetings a little bit. It was pretty cool. And the second thing, which I absolutely despised, was we had to work in this old school, like DOS-based system. And we had to respond to every single request the President of the United States gets to come to an event. Now, what you're probably thinking is like, oh, I mean, do people really ask the President of the United States to come to the events? And the answer is absolutely yes. He gets asked to come to the stupidest shit you'd ever imagine. Hey, it's my son Tommy's eighth birthday. Would you please come? That gets a response. And literally, we have a barbecue for our church in the middle of freaking nowhere. Will the president of the United States come? Gets a response. I mean, if you could imagine hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands and thousands of requests per week for the president to attend stuff. And what we're doing is responding to every single one. We're putting it into a system, this old school DOS-based system. We're, we're basically answering it with, you know, there's some like, essentially form letter with where you're filling in the blanks based on the type of event. And then what you're doing is, if you can imagine, every single one of those responses, you can't have a typo in a letter from the President of the United States. You can't have a misspelled word or a comma in the wrong place. So every single one of these letters are triple checked by call other students. Other, these are all students for the most part. But these are people from Harvard and Yale and Princeton and UC Santa Barbara in my case. And we're all triple checking each other's work. And then we basically send them out to get signed by a machine that signs with the president's signature and they get sent out. And I'm like probably day two or three into this job. And I was like, this is the worst job. I mean, I was bored out of my freaking mind. 
Hey gang, Darius Mashaza here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. So listen, I know we have a lot of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and business owners out there that listen to the show. And right now, if you're one of those folks and you're doing, let's call it a bare minimum of seven figures and above in your business, then what I'd like to do is give you an offer right now. How would you like to get your hands on the frameworks that I actually used to scale my last company, which started off as a small little seven-figure company to over $100 million in annual revenue. And I did it in less than two years, and I did it without costly growing pains, without the headaches that that you usually experience when you are scaling your business. So if you're one of those folks and you're trying to grow your company, but you're you're finding yourself stuck in that day-to-day, if you're one of the listeners and you're getting grinded, this is your respite from getting grinded on your business, you're listening to our show, and you're dealing with the breakdowns, you're dealing with inefficiencies, and you know, you've know you got that firefighter suit on and all the problems lining on your desk and you're, you're not doing the work you're supposed to be doing, which is working on the business instead of in it, then what I'm about to talk to you about for the next call 60 seconds, this is precisely for you. Real quickly though, if you don't already know this about me, prior to starting The Greatness Machine, I spent 20 years of my life as a founder and CEO of real world companies. And during that time, I actually grew my companies to over $1.2 billion with a B in bootstrap revenue. In fact, uh, we scaled our, my last company from 30 to 1,000 employees, and we did it in just 36 months. And we did it all by using a three-step framework that I call my scale map method. So that, of course, brings us to the purpose of this here mid-roll ad. Yes, this is what the podcast producers call these things. Recently, I created a 30-minute training. And what it does is it walks you step-by-step through all of my scale map method frameworks. And you can watch it right now for free when you go to DariusScale.com. That's my first name, Darius. Scale, S-C-A-L-E.com. And what these frameworks do is they fix... They simplify and they streamline every single aspect of your business. And they do it without the need for complicated scaling systems that are typically way too difficult and way too time consuming for a busy CEO like you and from my, like myself was to implement. So if you want a simple and you want a proven path to remove yourself from the day-to-day operations, just like I did, so that you can do what you're supposed to be doing, which is leading your company to record growth without the headaches and without the growing pains, go to DariusScale.com. That's www.DariusScale.com. Watch the short video, and I'll see you guys on the inside. Now, back to the show. And I made a vow to myself. (laughs) I made two vows to myself at that moment. Number one, my vow I made to myself was, I first of all realized, I said, wow, I've had three internships in college. This is my biggest one. This is my third one. And I am absolutely convinced I cannot work for someone else. I don't want a job. I'm going to go be an entrepreneur because at least I can just go create my own job. And the second thing I realized was there's got to be a way out of this like pencil pushing admin job I have here in the White House. So it turns out that they have an election for the, I'm going to call it president of the interns. What it really was, was the social chair for the interns, someone who had to go put on all the events for the interns. And I was like, oh, I'm in. Now, what you don't know is at the time, I really had, I had started my first business, which was an events promotion company, aka I threw dance parties in LA and in Santa Barbara. And I said, this is perfect for me. I'm going to go and I'm going to become the social chair for the interns, aka president of the interns. So I go upstairs. And now, the other thing you need to realize is that 
most people who work for the White House don't work in the White House. We work in a building called the Old Executive Office Building. So I'm working in an OEOB for short. So I'm working, and, and this becomes, this, this is for something that you need to understand. This becomes the villain of this entire story in a few moments. So I'm working in OEOB in the Office of President's Scheduling. I go upstairs. Mind you, in the OEOB has a beautiful black and white checkered floor, tile floor. It's a beautiful floor. I'm walking through this. It was one of the, my favorite things about working there was how beautiful the floors were. So I'm walking this black and white checkered floor to this beautiful spiral staircase. I go upstairs into one of the rooms of the OEOB, and we have an election for who is going to get voted social chair of the interns for the summer class of 2000. And it's me versus some kid from Harvard. Now, I learned a few things that summer. That kids from Yale and Harvard, no offense, are super, super nerdy and arrogant. Not all of you, but a lot of you. And us Santa Barbara kids are very social and cool. So it was like a complete ass whooping pummeling when I whooped this kid and we had to vote on who was going to get the social chair. I crushed. I was older, more experienced and cooler. And so I got the job and it became my ticket out of admin hell. And I, from that moment forward, all I did was put on events for interns. Uh, we had a, a barbecue on the, the South lawn for the 4th of July. I was throwing parties all over DC. I mean, they said that they'd never seen a social chair like this before. And I crushed, I got out of every ounce of admin work. This is, by the way, something I learned in high school is if you're in student government, if you start doing things for the students that you don't actually have to go to class. So I just took a page out of my old high school playbook and I said, OK, if I go do stuff for the interns then I don't have to actually be an intern, I get to now hang out with the staffers, if you will. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So I'm putting on events all over DC. I mean, we're going to comedy clubs and concerts and you name it, and I'm organizing it. And I'm getting completely out of the day-to-day. Now, back home in my personal life, my dad was really sick and I had made the decision, you know, my dad was actually dying of stage four cancer, which was, was really, you know, it's a story for another time, but I had made the decision I was going to go work at the White House, even despite this happening. Now he had been sick for a long time and this was just something where I was there probably against my family's wishes. I know some of you are thinking, why would you do that? I was 22 and it was a decision I made that's a complicated decision that I'll talk about in some other episodes at some time. But at that moment, I decided I am going to go work in the White House, even though my dad is sick at home and I'm, and I'm spending my time there doing this. And it turns out that we, the one thing you get, A, at that point in time, you did not get paid to be an intern at the White House. That was just something that, that you didn't get. You had to foot the bill. I was paying, it probably cost me six, 6,000 bucks to go there. I had to pay for my room and board. I had to pay for my food. I had to pay to, to survive. You know, I couldn't work because I was working a full-time job at the White House. And that's what I was doing. And so I'm away from this thing that's happening in my personal life. I'm working at NDC for free. I'm paying to, be, to have the honor of doing this. And, and I'm doing it for one thing and one thing only. Besides the honor of working for the President of the United States, the most honorable position in the entire world, every intern class gets a picture with the President of the United States 
in front of the White House. That's like your trophy you get when you leave. And I'm like, I want that picture. This is a picture I'll have for the rest of my life. So it turns out that there's some sort of like staff lunch event that was going on at the White House that week on the day we were supposed to get the picture. Now, the president's gone most of the time. I mean, I think I saw him twice the entire time I was there. Like physically saw him, like shaking his hand. That's like, like hardly anyone gets to shake the guy's hand. Like that's a treat. But actually physically saw the guy only twice. And once was when he was walking through the halls and he got mobbed by everybody and a couple of the interns got pictures with them. And once was when we took our picture with him. And it turns out that we were not going to get to take our picture in front of the White House because there was a staff event on the South Lawn that day and that we were going to have to take it in front of the old executive office building. Now, right about this exact time that this happened, there was a movie that came out called Jerry Maguire, where Jerry writes this manifesto and sends it out and it falls like flat on its face. Some of you may have seen this movie. And so I pull a straight up Jerry Maguire and I write this massive email talking shit saying that we deserve to get our pictures. You know, the White House is lucky to have us and my youthful exuberance and that this was complete bullshit that we basically were not allowed to get our picture with the president from the White House. They weren't paying us. And this is the one reason we were all there. And I send it and it goes viral around the whole White House. This email I sent. And I was kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Fucked. And I get pulled aside by Ron, as we're not, we're not saying his real name. And he's like, hey, man, we need to talk to you. And I get ushered into a room. And now, now I mean, everyone, we're ta- like, like, is like whispering behind my back. I, I mean, what I did, you know, I'm 43 years old now, looking back, it was in my youthful exuberance. I was in an emotional state because of my dad. And I was pissed that we didn't get to take this picture in front of the White House. And so I get pulled aside and this gentleman, I can't remember who he was, but he was a high level staffer. And he said, you know, guy's probably in his forties and he goes, listen, man, I heard about your dad, but you're in the president, you know, this is the president of the United States and you're in the white house. And you just, I don't know how else to say this to you, but you just don't rock the boat. So I understood. And they decided not to fire me given the personal circumstances I was going through. I think they knew I was in an emotional state and we ended up taking our picture with the president of the United States on the steps of the old executive office building. And I still have the picture to this day. And while I'm taking this, everyone's basically talking trash on me. Like that's the guy that wrote the email. And within a couple of days of that picture, my dad actually, his sickness got worse. I had to go home and, but I made the decision. I made a, a couple of learnings from that entire situation. Number one, I learned that you don't rock the boat. You respect the office. It's an important office. You respect the office. You, regardless if you agree with the politics of the office, you respect the office. And, uh, and, I, and I, didn't, I disrespected the office. Number two, I learned that if you want to get out of things that you don't like, go create value for others elsewhere. And I created value in the sense of becoming the awesome social chair. And last but not least, I learned that I can never have a job working for anybody but myself. And uh, it was a great learning lesson. I, I took that and I ran with it. And here I am today. So I wanted to share that story with you all. Uh, follow your dreams live your passions and make things happen. And uh, don't send viral emails if you're ever in the White House. And uh, peace out. Love you guys. Looking forward to our next episode. Talk to you guys soon. Bye. You are listening to The Greatness Machine and that's a wrap for today. Listen. 
If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on and we're, we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode, you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's going to push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the Podcast Princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.